United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. So, great story to lead into this conversation we're about to have with Ezra Shearer, who is a teacher at Sentinel High School in Missoula, Montana. And he has been teaching social studies since January 2012 and has striven to promote global citizenship and critical analysis of complicated issues. And you are part of a group that teaches peace you are uh, over the past year you have been a peace teacher right Ezra that is right Louise me and three other teachers from around the country were selected to be uh, United States Institute of Peace teacher fellows for the last year so welcome a- to the show Ezra T- uh, Ezra Shearer teacher at Sentinel High School Missoula Montana uh, it's so great to talk to you so tell me a little bit about being a peace teacher did did you go from did you go from high school to high school talking about uh, peace and uh, resolving conflict what but tell me about what that involves sure um, so the the program is geared more towards professional development and training for me as an individual teacher to help bring a, a, a unique skill set to my students um, rather than moving and training other teachers, although that is something I will be doing in the future. And so what it looked like in my classroom, um, which was varied, was me helping my students um, look at conflicts on an international scale and the nuance that uh, those conflicts include, but also helping them develop the communication and collaboration skills they're going to need to mitigate violent conflict in their lives uh, going forward. So how many students do you have? Um, I am lucky in that I have around 100 to 115 students. All in the same class or various? Oh, I'm sorry, across five different classes, and I teach uh, world history and geography mostly. Wow, you te- they still teach geography. Uh, it is not a requirement for graduation, but I am lucky enough to teach geography. And yeah. yet it should be. Absolutely. What do you think is what do you what is the most astonishing thing people don't know about geography in your opinion? Um, I think just basic awareness of where things are actually. Um, so knowing where North Korea is or Vietnam, um, just placing things on the map and having uh, spatial awareness of where locations are. I think that's the basic thing, and I think that's a critical thing as well. So. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to say that history is a required course. Yes, history is a required course at Sentinel High School, and I think at most high schools across the country. Well, that's good, because it it seems like a lot of people don't know history. Um, I would say that it is losing its importance as science, technology, engineering, and math, as STEM disciplines gain um, um, notoriety. Uh, so, yeah, it's waning a bit. But to be a peace teacher and to be a participant in uh, the world community um, uh, in the pursuit of peace, we have to know where we came from, what our history was, to be pe- at peace with our history and to know what our history instructs to lead us toward your goal, right? 
Absolutely. And I think for moving forward in the future, students really need to have a better awareness of different perspectives. And so most of the time, history will look at conflicts. Here's World War II, and then World War II ends, and here's the Cold War, and then Vietnam. And so it's looking at the violent conflict rather than looking at the process of maintaining and building peace between groups of people. And so that was one really great aspect of the USIP's um, curriculum as well as training that helped me bring the students in a history classroom as well. So I'm looking at something that says that you have spent the last year taking part in a U.S. Institute of Peace program to help students gain the knowledge, skills, and perspectives they need to work toward a more peaceful world. I mean, what, what is your definition of a more peaceful world? For me, uh, a more peaceful world is a world in which people from opposing and competing interests can sit across from the table at each other and reach a agreement where they are not either using real violence or figurative violence in words and actions to, to mitigate that sort of conflict. What real you- peace is two people who disagree on an issue coming together to resolve that issue so we can move forward as a society, whether that's your daily life over a cup of coffee with your spouse or, um, you know, working in Congress up on the Hill. So what, what do you think is key? What, what is the key to resolving these issues? I think the key would be empathy, really, as well as just understanding that everyone is there and your competing interests, the interests that both of you have while competing with one another, and maybe they're not going to, to reach the same exact conclusion, there is a conclusion that people can reach that will help us move forward. So you're teaching high school students, and uh, you say you have over 100 um, students and but what is their response to this is is this something that they um, understand in the abstract is this on this something that they understand uh, the reality of especially in a world of social media where there is so much raw talk so much angry talk so much really uh, hateful talk how can you convey your message against this very noisy background? Sure. Um, this generation gets a bad rap about being all their phone on their phones all the time and uh, and social media. And I think that that's a stereotype that's a little bit misplaced. But our students really want to get out of that world and just have conversations with one another. And a tangible way to do that. Our students, it was real for them when they sat down and needed to negotiate an extension of their curfew with their parents. You know, that was, you know, where it became real. But it also is about our students really want to see change and they're willing to work for that change because I think they don't see enough other people that are actually affecting change. Mostly adults, to be quite frank. Yeah, right. You know, I do think that most of the angry stuff and the really hateful stuff is from adults, not from the students you're teaching. Well, they have their fair share, but um, it's usually on Snapchat, not Twitter. So there's not a permanent trail of it. And I think that makes it a little bit, yeah, uh, it's a problem on its own in terms of bullying and and things like that. But our students are going to be just fine. What do you what what do you 
see from your perch as a high school teacher and especially uh, as being a part of the U.S. Institute of Peace program? What do you see, if you had a crystal ball, what do you see shaping up for this generation? I am really hopeful that this generation will be inspired by the lack of of resolution for pressing issues facing the country to have resolution and reach um, compromise on their own. So one of the messages I share with them about issues that they are concerned about that are not being resolved and haven't been resolved in, in, in a, a generation is that it's going to be up to them to resolve it. And I think they feel that pressure and I think they're going to rise to that challenge in a way that is going to be very inspiring. And honestly, I hope it is a little embarrassing for those of us that haven't solved some of these problems in a long time. Yeah, well, I'm rooting for them too, but let's do everything we can until they get out of college, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Ezra Shearer, teacher at Sentinel High School, uh, Missoula, Montana, uh, a U.S. Institute of Peace teacher part of the program uh, for the year 2017 uh, 2017-18 I guess that's the academic year right that is academic year but it will be ongoing work okay awesome thanks so much Ezra really great meeting you Uh, all the best thanks for the time have a great day this podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124